Over the past month, we've been looking at a series on the Bible and looked into a few struggles we might face when reading and studying the Bible, or at least parts of it. Now, this video is the last one in the series, and the reading for today gives us a great opportunity to sum up, in a way, what we've seen over this past month. I'll spare you having to listen to me reading the entire passage, but feel free to pause this video to read it. It's in 1 John 3, verses 1 to 10. 1 John 3, verses 1 to 10. Now, the context of John's letter is interesting. and He references in his letter some false prophets. And this is actually a good reminder of what we saw at the very beginning of this series on the, the message of the Bible, especially parts of it being taken out of context and the fact that they can be distorted. Now, the distortion of God's message uh, using verses or parts of the Bible out of context can be the work of false prophets, of people trying to use it for their own agenda. Uh, it can be to try and discredit the Christian faith, uh, for example, taking parts of the Bible out of context or misrepresenting the meaning of it. Or it can be used as a way of manipulating others, uh, like uh, or, or justifying, uh, or people trying to justify their own misdeeds by misquoting the Bible. Um, at the time of 1 John, for example, some people were wrongly teaching that once you had decided to put your faith in God, it didn't really matter how you lived uh, your life, that they sort of saw a difference between uh, what you believed and the way you lived and the way you acted. Uh, and in fact, the passage we've just read uh, responds to it quite clearly uh, when it declares that Christ came to destroy sin and that becoming children of God by putting our faith in him is incompatible with willingly continuing to sin. Um, another way that we can, the, the, the Bible's message can sometimes be mis misunderstood is that we ourselves, uh, as we read the Bible, can unconsciously uh, distort the meaning of what we are reading. We can misunderstand what we read and we can lose sight of the, the whole message. Uh, and this can happen, for example, um, especially when we read the, the Bible with uh, what uh, social scientists would say, uh, what, what we could call a confirmation bias. That is when we read into the Bible uh, rather than reading it, when we let what we think, what we believe, uh, maybe sometimes what we wrongly believe, inference and, and in, in some ways distort the message we take away from what we are reading. How can we avoid these dangers? How can we really read the Bible the way we were meant to read it, the way God wants us to, to read it? Well, a practical way to confront what we see in the Bible, uh, especially the parts we struggle with, is to confront these, 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 what, these thoughts with the thoughts of other Christians, of other people who've studied the Bible, especially if they've studied it sort of longer. And, and by studying the Bible together, we can avoid some of our personal interpretations getting in the way of what God is trying to say to us. But more importantly, the best way to really understand the Bible is to improve our relationship with God. Because the key to really understand God's word is to understand the key element in the Bible. It is a love story. It is the story of God's loving relationship with humankind. The opening sentence in 1 John 3 says it all. 
see what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. And if you watch the second video on the theme, uh, you will remember that from the very beginning of the Bible, in the book of Genesis, we learn of God creating us in his image. We are created to relate to him, to reflect his image to the world around us. Now, the entire Bible tells the story of the relationship between God and humankind, culminating in Christ's sacrifice on the cross, allowing us to enter into an eternal relationship with God, even though we're far from perfect. You've probably heard what is, I, I, I should think, probably one of the most famous verses around. It's John 3.16, which sums it up. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. And, and this amazing promise is echoed in 1 John 3 verse 2. Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Spoiler alert. This is the amazing ending to this amazing love story. And in a way, it's not really an ending, isn't it? Because what is wonderful about it is that it is a promise of an unending relationship with God, an eternal relationship with God. But this very promise is something we might struggle with because from a human perspective, it seems so unexplainable, so undeserved. And, and we can get discouraged when we read about the perfect sinlessness of Jesus, because let's face it, we do slip up, even when we have decided to accept God's amazing gift of forgiveness and relationship with him. We mess up. We do things that we shouldn't do. or We don't do things that we should. And it can be hard to accept that God would keep on forgiving us. But the key to understanding this is that we are in a process our relationship with God is like any other relationship. It grows stronger as we get to know him more, as we grow closer to him, as we spend more time with him. And yes, we will sometimes still mess up. But if we own up to our mistakes, he will forgive us. And as we grow closer to him, we will learn to avoid some of the messes we used to get into. At the very least, we will try not to get into, sort of try not purposely to get into those messes. Growing closer to God will also help us gain a better understanding of his word, of the Bible. As a student, I was taught that to better understand the book's message, whatever the book, be it fiction or non-fiction, it's helpful to know and understand where the author is coming from. And the Bible is no different. By spending time getting to know God, by spending time studying the Bible with him, we will get a better understanding of his word. And what is great is that God's word is so rich that we can spend our entire lives on earth studying the Bible and there will always be something new to discover, some new part to challenge us, a new glimpse of God's amazing plan for us. So how do we respond? Maybe you know very little about the Bible, the Christian faith. If you have questions or you would like to find out more, please feel free to contact us or, or your local church and we'd be only too glad to discuss this with you. Maybe you struggle with certain parts of the Bible. Who doesn't? I know I certainly do. 
But let us not lose faith when confronted with parts of the Bible that we don't understand or who seem to contradict what we thought, what we believe, what we think we deserve. Let us hold firm to God's amazing love, his amazing promise for our future. Let us see these struggles as an opportunity to strive to grow closer to God, to confront our perspective with his amazing plan. Let us share these questions with other Christians, spending time together studying and praying. It's normal to have doubt, to struggle with the meaning of certain parts of the Bible, but let us never forget the main message of God's word. He loves us and wants to have a relationship with us.